All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. This is WNYC's New Tech City, where digital gets personal. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. If you're listening right now on an iPhone, pull it out. If you're not on an iPhone, don't worry, just listen along. You're going to see where I'm going in a sec. Okay, so under settings, then general settings. About halfway down the screen, you're going to see a tab called accessibility. If you turn voiceover on, your phone will start reading everything on it aloud. And if you develop a good ear, you can make it go really fast. Twitter, double tap to open. Lindsay, Annie, Evil, Media, Molly, Mickey, Detasha, Jesse, KQ, X, Avery, Alec, Alex Capelman. This isn't actually my phone. This is New Tech City friend Ryan Kyloth's phone. The answer to the question, how much fried chicken is too much fried chicken, is the amount of fried chicken I just ate 17 minutes ago. So Ryan, I guess, eats a lot of chicken. He also happens to be a reporter living near this amazing school, the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin. TSB, it's called. In the world of the visually impaired, TSB is famous. Since 1856, it's been teaching and pioneering tech. And we thought, yeah, since so many New Tech City listeners have asked for more episodes about disability and tech, let's get Ryan to visit. Hey guys, so I'm sitting in on your class today just recording some general You know, I expected to hear how much easier life is now if you're blind and you have a smartphone. Yeah, well, it's not quite that simple. There's a really emotional debate going on. Ryan found this out by spending a couple weeks with the teenagers at TSB. Demetria Ober is a freshman at TSB. She's from Fort Worth, she's 14 years old, and she has iPhone envy. I have an Android LG. No. I like it. It's just kind of hard to access because, like, you can't really zoom and the voiceover really doesn't work that good. Zoom and voiceover. These are accessibility features. Things that make a phone or website or city bus easier to use for people with disabilities. Dimitri is not totally blind. I felt kind of dumb after I asked her to describe her vision. Well, that, it's kind of hard for me to describe it since I don't have anything to compare it to. I never, I thought that everyone saw like me, but I guess it's like blurry. I think it's blurry. She still has some peripheral vision and she doesn't use a cane. She turns her head and looks at things out of the corner of her eye to see them, to read books, to look at people. Demetria has been visually impaired her whole life, but she didn't find out until she was seven years old. 
At first, when they were going to tell my mom that I couldn't see, they wouldn't let me in the room. And, like, I didn't understand. Like, why can't y'all just say it in front of me? It's my vision. And But then, finally, they're just like, well, you're visually impaired and legally blind. And, like, my mom just started crying. I wanted to cry, but my mom was sitting there crying. So I was just like, it's okay. I'm still going to be a big girl. I'm still going to be something good. And, like, so I was trying to comfort her. But in reality, I was like, oh, my God, I'm blind. Like... So, yeah, it was hard at the time. So, yeah. As she gets older, Demetria's vision is getting worse. And that's heartbreaking because she loves to read. But reading out of the corner of her eye is hard. Small print is really hard. Why is it we read Braille? To get better. And what's the best way to get better? To read? To read, yeah, absolutely good. By the way, I got some new books in, Demetria. Okay. Divergent is one of them. Oh, okay, all five volumes. Kay Pruitt teaches Braille at TSB. Her classroom is piled with thick binders of Braille books and exercises. It's hard to shelve it all. Braille is a lot bulkier than print. The Harry Potter series, seven books in print, is 56 volumes in Braille. First way you can read a book that you haven't seen yet. Open it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing, is to learn to smoothly track the lines of Braille. So we do horizontal lines. We start with the same letter over and over in a row, so the line is consistent. You came in last fall, Demetria, not much Braille, right? Mm -hmm. You knew this stuff, but you weren't really reading it. And you can read Braille now. You're reading a book and getting a story. Yeah, no, it's not a high school-level book, but you're getting there, aren't you? Yeah. I take medicine for migraines because I strain my eyes too much, which is another reason why they say I need the Braille and to use a cane, but I guess I'm just stubborn, like, I don't know. Demetria is a typical teenager. Blind or not, it can be hard to see the future when you're 14. Thing is, a lot of people believe today's technology can solve Demetria's reading problem. Regular old smartphone technology. So here's what ends up being the big question for just about every blind kid today. Should they even bother learning Braille if the smartphone now can do all the work for them? Before we get to that, I've got a fun fact for this episode. Those raised dots on paper go back to something called night writing. Night writing was developed by a French army captain after Napoleon demanded a system for communicating silently in the dark. So modern Braille was adapted from night writing, and for more than a hundred years, all Braille was written by hand with a slate and stylus. So we could say, like, an A is dot one. That would be the top dot on the left. So I'm just starting on the right. I'm going to do one, two, pass the bump to the bottom, three. Slate and stylus used to be the only way to write Braille. And then came along the mechanical Braille writer in 1951. Here's TSB's school superintendent, Bill Doherty. Editing on a Perkins Braille writer actually means taking a wooden dowel and pressing the dots out that you've written onto the papers. <laughs> or starting over again, etc. But then, several decades later, came the personal computer. And with it, the screen reader. Software you install on your PC that reads whatever's on the screen to you. And this was huge! Screen readers ruled for about 25 years. Until 
the smartphones appeared. In 2009, Apple built screen reading into the operating system of the iPhone 3. It was the first time that a mainstream device came with a reader built in. Plus, fit in your pocket. I mean, it sounds great, right? In a minute, why there's actually opposition to the blind using iPhones and iPads. And here's a hint why. Does it matter if a blind kid can't spell? This is New Tech City from WNYC. I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and reporter Ryan Kailoth is hanging out at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. He is trying to figure out how these kids these days are having a whole new world opened up to them and becoming just like any other teenager, and how Braille may be seeing the end of its usefulness. Robert Pearson teaches English at TSB. Watching his class is like a survey course in blind reading technologies. Different kids with different vision use Braille, iPads with enlarged text, screen readers, or an iPhone with one earbud in, all to read the same thing. Uh, go to the Google homepage and tell me whose birthday it is. It's the Google Doodle today. Leo Tolstoy. Leo Tolstoy. Who knows who Leo Tolstoy is? He's a famous actor. Good guess. Okay, please read me the biography of Leo Tolstoy, please, Demetria. Leo Tolstoy was a Russian writer, philosopher, and, wait, and political thinker who... Spelling's a huge hurdle for a lot of blind readers, especially if they didn't start on Braille at a young age. If a student doesn't read Braille, their device will read out loud to them. That's a Braille display reading at rate 14, where 1 is the slowest and 16 is the fastest. It takes some practice to listen this way. iOS can use multiple voices, languages, and accents. Here's rate 9 on an iPad. Unlike at lunch that day, she didn't keep me waiting long. What's up, stud muffin? Stud muffin, huh? I imagined her tinkling laugh at the other end of the connection. 30. I'm in a silly mood, I guess. Having these choices is super important. Because in the regular school system, lots of kids can't learn Braille even if they want to. There's not enough teachers. And lacking teachers, public schools rely more and more on technology. Braille's bulky and expensive. A Braille textbook costs around 1000 bucks. The refreshable Braille displays, which write Braille one line at a time, around 6000 A school can get 15 iPads for that price. But the low price comes with a massive cost. While you can get information from listening, you don't actually learn how to read that way. Chris Danielson is a spokesman for the National Federation of the Blind. And if you rely too much on technology instead of Braille, then you get people who are functionally illiterate. I have personally seen people with advanced degrees that are very bad at at spelling, at punctuation, at structuring proper grammatical syntax, simply because they've never really read. They've never had to put their hands on words and sentences and find out how they're spelled, how they're constructed. 
And if you can't read, you can't write. What can I help you with? Take the broccoli off my grocery list. Add two pints of Cherry Garcia. So if you can read with your ears and write with your voice, I mean, it makes it seem like spelling really doesn't matter at all. It seems like smartphones can let blind students sort of leapfrog this whole print problem entirely. Yeah, I was wondering about that myself. And wandering around TSB at lunch one day, I found the answer. The writing's literally on the wall over there. One of the career education teachers, Cody Nagy Montgomery, has an email from a student printed out and tacked to her bulletin board. So, hey, honey, me and Juan, that you, Lara, going to be late for class, Weatherbees, the wedding for brownies, period. Wait, I'm sorry, what, what? That's an email Cody got one day. Pretty much gibberish. Weddings for brownies actually doesn't sound like a bad idea, but... She was trying to say, hey, Cody, me and Juan Davila are going to be late for class on Wednesday because we're waiting for brownies. That's what her student was trying to tell her. But again, this is what she got instead. So, hey, honey, me and Juan, that you, Lara, going to be late for class, Weatherbees, the wedding for brownies, period. Yeah. But yes, we did have a discussion about how you probably should check your spelling before you hit send. First, you speak your message into your phone. Because we're waiting for brownies. Then you have your phone spell check or read it back to you. The wedding's for brownies. So if an email is off, you got to go back again, have it spelled out letter by letter. To correct mistakes, you got to know how to spell. And knowing to spell means knowing how to read, like really knowing how to read. But all this smartphone technology, it's just so easy. It's just so tempting to just use that, right? Well, Ryan wanted to find out if people were, in fact, just using smartphone technology out in the real world. So I posted in an online forum where blind users rate different apps and devices on how accessible they are. Hi, all. I'm a radio producer working on a story at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. They love their new technology there, especially smartphones. I wonder if this is true elsewhere in America, elsewhere in the world. I'd love to speak with you about it. Thanks very much for your time, Ryan Califf. Email address detected. Ryan K. Subject. Message body. Double tap. Ins. Capital H. E. L. L. O. Comma. New line. I got dozens of responses. Army veterans, computer programmers, college students, a congressional correspondent. Brandon Armstrong and Justin Ekus are just two of the people I spoke with. Brandon grew up in Austin, and he went to regular schools and then college for radio broadcasting, actually. Justin's one of the first people who wrote me back, and honestly, I replied because, unlike a lot of the messages, his had impeccable grammar and spelling and formatting. Even knowing what I know now about how challenging it can be for blind people to write, I'm just trained to judge communication a certain way. Both guys are in their early 30s, so they grew up without smartphones. I asked them to show me how recent technology, like from the last five years, has changed their day-to-day lives. The short answer? Every single thing is different. So there's been recently an app that's come out called Look Tell Money Identifier. It's called the KNFB Reader app. Paper currency is too hard to distinguish because it's all the same. So what I'm going to do is open this app. And all you have to do is take any printed page and it'll take a picture. And within seconds, it will read whatever's on the page. Money reader. Money reader running. 
$1. Okay, so I just held that under my camera. You can flip through a book from the library and just flip, 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 snap, 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 and it's reading the book to you. I love it. I use it every single time I have cash on me or get change back. This thing used to cost like $3,000. Now you can put it on your iPhone for 100 That's about a tenth of what these guys showed me. There's an app called Tap Tap C. If you've gone grocery shopping and you've brought all your groceries home, it takes a picture of whatever the camera's looking at, sends it off to uh, a company somewhere, and a sighted person will write back within 30 seconds and tell you what it is. And then you can put your Braille labels on or whatever. So basically, if I were to do this before, I would have to call at least once a day for somebody if I needed to go somewhere, at least. And now how often would you say you need to call somebody? Very rarely. It's, I'd say, probably once a month. So now you call somebody once a month, whereas before it would have been once a day? Mm Mm-hmm. That's incredible. It is. Now, with smartphones, they get the same convenient technology that sighted people have. But it's the sameness that really matters, not the convenient technology so much. You grab a quick ride with Lyft or Uber, you know, you read a book while you're doing your laundry, what have you. The uniqueness of of the situation is not new things that would seem extraordinary to anybody, because it's things they do with their smartphone anyway. It's just the fact that it's all kind of opening up now. And of course, the breakthrough here isn't just the functionality. It's also how the new technology makes people feel out in the world, especially if you're a teenager. Carrie Clark is the technology teacher back at the Texas School for the Blind. If you're going grocery shopping, you're pulling out these giant pieces of Braille paper and you're just declaring, for better or worse, but I know for a 14-year-old girl, that can be mortifying (laughs) to declare to the entire universe, hey, I'm different than everybody else because most 14-year-old girls want to be the same. The most important thing the iPhone has done, in her opinion, is let blind people be normal. And one of those 14-year-old girls who just wants to be the same is Demetria Ober, our friend from the beginning of the show. Um, what I like about this school is that I can do sports here because, like, in public school, I really didn't get to do anything because they wouldn't tell me, oh, well, this requires vision, so sit on the sidelines and go get a hula hoop or something. All I know is, like, it just made me want to cry. Like, when I get my feelings hurt, like, my whole skin, like, my skin just gets really tight and my chest feels heavy and eyes get watery. That's just how I am when my feelings get hurt. So when I came here, I was like, oh, we actually can do track here. We actually can cheer. So I liked it. I like it a lot here. The only thing I really don't do is, like, swimming, swim team. Can't mess up my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Her hair. Oh, teenager is a teenager is a teenager she can't mess up her hair it doesn't matter that her classmates can't see her hair reporter ryan kyla thank you so much for bringing us your story this week from austin texas thanks manish look in an ideal world kids who are visually impaired go to a school that has the budget to make all options available right like the texas school for the blind to teach kids to use it all, braille, smartphones, whatever, and then teach them to think for themselves and mix and match the old and new as they need them. Because that's a beautiful thing. 
We're in the midst of our Kids and Tech Month here at New Tech City. If you missed the last two shows, go check them out. One is a primer on technology in the classroom for parents. If you felt as clueless as I have, you're going to enjoy this one. Then we also have a guide for grown-ups to get kids talking honestly about their tech and social media. Next week, my investigation into the app that has been tracking my kids' behavior this school year. Who's keeping this data? Does digital discipline actually work? We're going to hear from all sides. Well, I don't want grown-ups peeking into the stuff if I don't even want to, which I don't. I I don't want grown-ups to peek into my things. What kind of digital dilemmas are you having in your life these days? We want to help you dive deeper and understand what is going on. So email us, newtechcity at wnyc.org, or you can also send us a voice memo. Just record it on your phone and email it to us. We might use it on an upcoming show. Again, that's newtechcity at wnyc.org. And if you really want to hear what it's like to read, like the kids at that Texas School for the Blind, we've got a little test for you on our website, newtechcity.org. How fast can you listen to text and actually make sense of it? The Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired has been stocked with all kinds of gadgets, singing calculators, talking typewriters, even video games that you navigate using only sound. Man, I thought I'd be way faster at this. You can see where you stack up compared to the kids at TSB and me. It's a status symbol. It's a social media machine. It's, yes, you know exactly what it is, the iPhone. And if you're into New Tech City, won't you please tell another intellectually curious friend that you have. Send them the link to this episode or post it on Facebook and tag them. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and this is New Tech City from WNYC. Seriously, don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to New Tech City. Give New Tech City some love. It's the best podcast I have ever heard. Best podcast ever. I heart my new summer roadie.